Old powers waken, shadows stir. An age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us. An age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Welcome back to the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter, and today we will be covering A Clash of Kings, Aria 1, and I'm your host, MJ, from the YouTube channel, Gray Area, and every week I am joined by an A Song of Ice and Fire fan to dissect the books that we love, and today my co-host is Mike. Mike, would you like to tell the people who you are and where they can find you? Hi, guys. I'm... uh... Uh, my name is Mike. I'm uh, known on Twitter as um, Michael David uh, Archer's gay dad, and that's at MD was Arion's dad. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I can. That's all. That's all I got as far as uh, <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So um, you can check him out on Twitter. And if you would like, uh, if like, if you love Obsidian Nights, I need y'all to do me a favor. I need y'all to rate and review this podcast. It helps me immensely. It helps people find the podcast. It helps the sweet summer family grow. So if you could just rate and review wherever you're listening, I would appreciate it so much. And like I said, today, we're talking about A Clash of Kings and we're talking about Aria, Aria 1. So the chapter opens up and it says at Winterfell, they had called her Arya Horseface and she thought nothing could be worse. But that was before the orphan boy Lamy Greenhands had named her Lumpy Head. So with Arya, like right off the bat, mm-hmm. in this chapter, Arya has three different names. Three different names are mentioned. Arya Horseface is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Lumpy Head is another one. And, and then Ari. Ari. Right. Yeah. And then her actual name, which is Arya. So it's like four different identities. And I think it's a little foreshadowing um, as to where George is going with Arya's story, where she's going to, you know, wind up taking on the names of a lot of different people and the faces of different people eventually. So she's going through like Yorin has taken her from King's Landing and she's going through a lot of emotions (laughs) yes a lot that's 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 like the thing that I like got a lot from this chapter because I mean it's only what was it six pages the chapter is yeah it's it's a really short chapter yeah and like the whole time I mean being a healthcare provider like I'm trauma-informed and and this is um this is a this is a traumatized traumatized child like we are watching her be traumatized again and again here like you know and she just got she just got out of you know uh watching her dad die um and so like it it, I guess like when I first read this years ago before like I was trauma informed or even you know uh when when I wasn't such an adult (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I I didn't really pick up on Aria in that way but like nowadays like i i see her only as like a child working through trauma and yeah and, a trauma and, baby 
yeah and getting trump over and over again traumatized um and i wonder <laughs> if is it is this chapter as short as it is because george is a good person and just doesn't want to write <laughs> keep torturing uh, yeah. poor Arya. yeah like like because i mean there's so much trauma in these six pages but like yeah like you get a lot from it still like he like it, it's kind of like because some of his chapters are like holy shit like real oh are we allowed to curse yeah of course yeah <laughs> Good. Great area um, podcast, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> so some of his chapters are like super long, and then you've got like Arya's first chapter after Ned getting decapitated, um, and it's just, yeah. I mean, I like this poor child. Yeah, um, she is definitely Arya. Definitely is a trauma baby. That's what I call her. I feel like <laughs> yeah. she's the most trauma one of one of the most like all of these characters have their mm. own trauma and like you said your trauma informed I work in healthcare as well yeah. and mm-hmm. not even not even my work in healthcare but just like in my own life I've realized more as an adult the things you go through the trauma that you go through in your childhood kind of mold you into who you become absolutely for, for better or for worse um, yeah and with Arya, with the story as a whole, I feel like a lot of it is a very human experience, like turned up to a, a different level. Cause I don't think you're going to have this kind of human experience that they have in Westeros in 2021, but right. it's definitely like, we see how this, th- these, p- these characters trauma changes them for better or worse. And for Arya, like she's just went through, like she went through the Winterfell wipeout in King's mm-hmm. Landing where she's seen like Fat Tom and all these people that she grew up with die. She's killed someone. She's killed mm-hmm. someone. And yes. then she's had to survive on the streets, like sleeping in gutters and eating bowls of brown and catching birds in her hand to like try to sell. And like, she's she, the dramatic way that she falls. Like she's a princess living in a castle and then she's yeah. like fallen to right. yeah to the the flea bottom pits and now she's trying to claw her way out of it and like she's seen her father beheaded and now she's on the road traveling with the brothers of the night's watch pretending to be a guy and like she hasn't had any time to process any of this trauma and at Absolutely. her age <laughs> and at her age like does she really because like i'm 33 i don't fucking know how to yeah. process trauma she, at she's nine she's she's not right right like that yeah no i i like i i actually went through the the book uh or the chapter and i highlighted all the things that i picked up on for trauma and it's all yellow like i mean these are new traumas in this like i don't think that you can really look at aria moving forward in in the series without seeing without the first the lens of trauma like i just and like, I mean, and she's a survivor for sure. Like 100%. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm just like, like, fuck Yorin, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I not Yorin, uh, not um, Yorin. Lami. Um, no, no, his name's Yorin. Sorry. I, <laughs> I get names mixed up sometimes, but yeah. I, I, I get it. Like, fuck Yorin. But at the same time, I think he has to do some of the things that he does to keep her alive. And yeah, to get I them wonder, from being found out. I did want to ask you about that, like what you thought, because I, I don't know where I land on how he handled her 
um, uh, spanking her. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Let let's okay. let's, let's yeah. get into the fight before we get into the consequences yeah. of the fight. Mm-hmm. So we have um, Lami Greenhands, and Lami Greenhands mm-hmm. names her Lumpy Head, and they call her Lumpy Head because we we left off in the last Arya chapter of the Game of Thrones with Yorin cutting her hair, mm-hmm. and they're making her a boy look like a boy um after he cut her hair he told her um that he would take her to winterfell and she'd be an orphan boy she'd be Ari the orphan boy and because he is the wandering crow he goes to king's landing he finds people to go um to the wall he Mm -hmm. gets the dungeons the people on the streets whatever um so he's there at Ned Stark's beheading because he's waiting for Ned Stark. He's waiting for Ned Stark so he, they, he can take him to the wall because that's the plan. The plan is that Ned Stark will confess and Ned Stark will be allowed to take the black. And right. they tell Yorin to wait for him. So he waits for him and he sees everything go, go down. And mm-hmm. he manages, he remembers Arya from when he had the meeting with Ned. So he takes Arya they're going north and he tells Arya like these people like that you're we're going to be traveling with are bad like they're Trauma. not yeah <laughs> they're not yeah. little lords they're gonna rape you like he what does yeah. he say specifically he says uh the other half uh will do the same only they'll rape you first like yeah. that's a nine-year-old yeah that's a nine-year-old Exactly. And she has to try to compartmentalize all that and keep pushing yeah. forward. But um, they are able to leave King's Landing pretty quickly mm-hmm. because um, they're not looking. They're looking for a highborn Lord's daughter. And Arya looks none of the sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she right. looks none of the sort. <laughs> um, she looks like a skinny boy with his hair chopped off. Um, mm-hmm. And Arya at one point, which gosh, at one point... Arya says she wished the rush would rise and wash the whole city away. Flea Bottom and the Red Keep and the Great Sept and everything and everyone too, especially Prince Joffrey and his mother. But she knew it wouldn't. And anyhow, Sansa was still in the city and would wash away too. When she mm-hmm. remembered that, Arya decided to wish for Winterfell instead. So oh. amidst all of the shit that's going on with her, she still like doesn't want anything bad to happen to her sister. Yeah, her pack mate. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, like, I, I think I feel like it it goes back and forth a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But or or was that the show? I I'm um Arya I'm mixing that up. never Arya in the beginning of Game yeah. of Thrones and the books. Of course, Arya and Sansa, like they're they're right. sisters. They have a sister rivalry. Right. They don't really care for each other on like on the superficial stuff yeah on the yeah, yeah. but at the at end the of the end, day it's at, yeah, yeah at the end of the day like even when she's in bravos like she thinks about sansa like when the show uh game of thrones when they did that whole thing where like sansa Dumbest. and Arya like hated each other it was like um you mean no. at, yeah that's that was i i yeah i'm <laughs> I know that everybody's I know that everybody says this on your thing and I'm gonna add to that like fuck season seven and eight. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was like I, I really have nothing but bad things to say about D D. Yeah. Um yeah. 
I mean, this is the very beginning of the story. Like this is, this is the very beginning of their separation and she still doesn't wish anything bad on her sister. And as time goes on, she doesn't wish anything bad on her sister. She only grows more to miss them and to miss all of her siblings and and Winterfell. Mm -hmm. And I think like when Ned says, you know, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. I feel like that is a that's real thing exactly yeah yeah that that's that's thing. something that they they have like um an internalized thing that they have i think yeah yeah so Arya <laughs> has to like be careful when she pees and yorn's like you know that's gonna be the hardest part of you peeing and, and hiding who it is but she's like the hardest part is lami green hands and hot pie um these are orphan boys uh Yorn had basically gotten them to join the Night's Watch because he promised them food and shelter. Like, mm-hmm. and that was enough. That was enough. Um, and oh, where was I at? Oh, Hot Pie and Yorn. I think Hot Pie and Lamy Greenhands. I think Lamy Greenhands was a thief. Yeah. Uh, well, Hot Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting them confused. I think Lamy Greenhands was a thief, and I think Hot Pie. I don't think they really say what Hot Pie did. He just um, was yelling Hot Pies a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yorn. It says Yorn had taken grown men from the dungeons as well, thieves and poachers and rapers and the like. The worst mm-hmm. were the three he'd found in the black cells, who must have scared even him because he kept them fettered hand and foot in the back of a wagon and vowed they stay in irons all the way to the wall. One had no nose, only the hole in his face where it had been cut off. And the girl's fat, bald one with pointed teeth and weeping sores on his cheeks had eyes like nothing human. And we know <laughs> that that is Rorg, Biter, and Jacken that right. she's talking about. And I, I'm going to, like, when we get into the fight that happened, mm-hmm. I'm going to um, talk about Jacken a little bit and, and okay. Rorg and Biter. Um, but they... they t- she talks about like a lot of her POV is describing like what is going on. Um, like how and, like, the, the yeah. wagons they took out of King's Landing. And um, scary men for and, a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like she knows that they're rapists, right? Like, yeah, she knows that none of them ain't shit. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> right. She's surrounded yeah. by ain't shit motherfuckers. <laughs> and right. She's, like, and she doesn't have a choice. Like, right. It's survival at yeah. this point for her. But they notice needle they notice the needle and they keep bothering her like they want to take needle from her um they're teasing her you know like kids tease kids it's 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 right um and she's like you know she doesn't like that they're making fun of needle and but Mm. what really bothers her is that they call john a, a thief like in her mind, like they don't know that John gave Ooh. her the sword, but she's like, right. they could call me lumpy head, but I'm not going to stand for them calling John a thief. And that goes to show like how deep her bond is with her family. Yeah. I also think it also shows that she hasn't really developed that street smarts yet. Uh, like to like, I mean, she's got the, she's got the know how to fight, but like uh, the, her like going off like that and almost like exposing herself as like a, a highborn yeah 
um uh yeah that was probably a lesson she learned here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, um, that's what all I had to say about that. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're mercilessly, mercilessly, mercilessly. They're teasing her bad. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even get it. Yeah, <laughs> mercilessly teasing yeah. her, and um, she's like at, at one point she basically like they're like oh he's gonna cry he's gonna cry look at him i bet he's gonna cry and she says like she's like she had cried in her sleep the night before dreaming of her father come Mm -hmm. morning she'd woken red-eyed and dry and could not have shed another tear if her life had hung on it he's gonna wet his pants hot hot pie suggested and then we have um oh my god how did i forget his name oh then we had gendry like how did i draw a blank on genji (laughs) i know we have genji who um they call him the bull he has the bull horned helmet um is like leave him alone like leave him alone and then they get into a fight basically hot pie wants needle and aria is not giving up needle aria even offers him her practice sword and he's like i don't want that it's just a stick and then Mm -hmm. Aria like they get into a fight they get into a fight yeah yeah he they he pushes her over the edge he and and the thing is I I good like I have to give her credit for this because I mean uh, again all this trauma and they're just like no pun intended but they're just needling her and needling her yeah And, and she kind of stays calm for a bit and like I don't think that if I went through what she went through at nine years old I would have stayed that way that long Although it could have been fear-based too, but like, um, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the, the way this is written, I, I get the sense that she's taking everything in the whole time she is processing and from a trauma brain, that's really hard to do. Yeah. But like, um, until, you know, until she gets, everything spills over the edge <laughs> for her. Yeah, it does. She's like, you know what? I mean, and that's like every person, every human has a breaking point. Like there's 100% so much a person can take before they lash out and she lashes out. And I find it interesting that she beat the shit out of both of them. Like (laughs) she beat the shit out of both of them. And so it says that this is an interesting quote to me. It says the bull shouted behind you and Arya spun. Hot Pie was on his knees, his fist closing around a big jagged rock. She let him throw it, ducking her head as it sailed past. Then she flew at him. He raised a hand and she hit it. And then his cheek and then his knee. He grabbed for her and she danced aside and bounced the wood off the back of his head. He fell down and got up and stumbled after her, his red face all smeared with dirt and blood. Arya slid into a water dancer's stance and waited. So, and waited right right but she stood a lot of people are like why did Jacken ever show interest in Arya? because he showed interest in her really early mm-hmm. he saw this fight right well actually i i have a question for you about Jacken in this not just in this chapter but the one before because he's in the the black cells with ned right yeah he's in the black cells with ned and Ned is pretty feverish, right? Yes. Like, like we're not really in that chapter because I, I, I did, um, uh, 
I kind of want to, after I read this, I kind of went back to the other chapter where Ned is in there just for Jack and, and I wondered if in the process of Ned being in the black cells, if Jack and went in there because Ned was in there because he was maybe taking inventory as to what the Starks were mm. and and did maybe like I mean we don't really like the way that chapter that Ned chapter is written like we don't necessarily get like a blow for blow word for word like sense so I, I was just kind of curious if you thought maybe Jacken got some info on Arya while Ned was feverish when, when he was talking to Varys he definitely he definitely definitely could have I feel like that's definitely a possibility because when you look at the faceless men their strong suit is basically wearing disguises and getting into places they shouldn't be and getting out of places they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be and things like that so if a faceless man is in the black cells it's because he wants to be in the black cells right right yeah so So he's there definitely for a reason (laughs) well well um we just did on direwolf city we just did a live stream about aria and Mm -hmm. like what the faceless men want and all of that and there's a couple different things he could have been looking for dragon skulls dragon dragon lore anything like that that anything left over from the targaryen era and the red keep but if you think about it it seems that his destination was the wall and the white walkers are the opposite of the faceless men like the faceless men give the gift of death Mm -hmm. the white walkers kill you but don't let you die right reanimate your corpse so you Mm -hmm. never have a release you're you're still like Mm. it's still like another form of slavery so i don't know if the faceless men i I feel like we still need more information yeah but there's definitely an interest in aria though and right and jackin also thought that ned was gonna be on that road as well right 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 everyone thought ned was gonna be on that road right right so that's a good point i never thought about that that his initial target or his initial person that he was trying to communicate with or recruit could have been ned yeah and you know like to his discredit because aria is way better (laughs) (laughs) but but, uh yeah no I, i i thought about that uh when i was when you know, I was reading up on this, it kind of opened my eyes or my, my eyes to a lot of things about that. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that there's more to Jack and story. Um, I don't know if you've ever read, uh, what is it? A curse, a curse King series. I have not. No. So there's a series called the accursed Kings. And you can tell Martin uh, was influenced by it. And in the very beginning of the book, there is um, a guy. uh, His name is Jock. I think his name is Jock. I can't remember. There you go. There you go. And he's in the cells. He's in the cells. Uh, he's being imprisoned, and he's like a member of an order, like the Knights Knights Templar. 
Right, right, right. And the Knights okay. Templar is very kind of similar to the Faceless Men, if you actually yeah. think about the, it. Sure, yeah, especially with the mysteries and the, uh, yeah. And, and I'm the like, deep, yeah. And you're no, like, what were you going to say? I was just, I was just going to say the mysteries and the, and the, the deep connections to, you know, like their, their roots are deep kind of, well, not to, no pun intended with the werewolves, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had even like done some research on it and I did a video on it and it's called Bravos is, it's like the real world inspiration behind Bravos in which it, it's Venice, Italy. But um, they talked about, uh, I talked about how this Knights Templar kind of organization is very much like the Faceless Men and how they were kind of like, you know, they always compare the Valerians to the Romans Uh and this civilization with these Knights were forced into Venice because of the Roman conquest of Europe. So they Mm -hmm. like went out to an island in Venice and it's like George just ties in real world history everywhere and i think jack and his date definitely based off of jack so i definitely think his story is a bigger story overall and it's very i feel like a lot of these characters that we don't think are on the same page all actually end up on the same page and yeah. we find out that in the beginning they were all headed towards the same goal in very yeah, different no, ways. I, 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 I've heard you say that before. I 100% agree with that. Like, yeah. And I think I, is that an older video that you made with the Venice? Cause I, I know that I've, I've pretty much seen all of your videos. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> so, about, like, it's about two years old. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, you used to be my like top choice for like, cause I drove a very long way. I would like work in Delaware and you would be like, my number one like I was hoping that you would have dropped a video that that week <laughs> and, uh, so yeah you were like you you definitely got me through some really long drives awesome well <laughs> yeah. obsidian nights can get you through long drives too. oh yeah yeah all of it yep oh so oh where was I at oh yeah Jack so Jack and I definitely feel if we look at that the the interest that he has in Arya it could have started in the black cells but it definitely could have started when he's seen her being a water dancer stance like what who in Westeros is going to be in a water dancer stance that's a very bravosi thing and he's you know in an order that's based in bravosi I doubt he would miss that yeah oh no he 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 knew well and even like wouldn't he have I mean, it's even possible that he could have learned from Ned that she was being trained by Cyril Pharrell. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, we don't um, know how we the, don't know that. Right. Yeah, we don't know how the dungeons are structured and we don't get another POV from Ned after he meets with Barris. So, right. We don't know, like, how much time was in between that. But right. I would think, like, in any jail movie, you see people talking cell to cell. So, yeah, right. Dep- yeah. And, and they that- were in the black cells, so. Right. And that's a very good point that like she's doing and and he put that in there for a reason. Right. Like so. So this whole chapter, like, I think we can assume that Jack uh, Jackin is is uh, is watching closely at all of this. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So Yorin breaks the fight up and Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) he takes her and he like pressed her face 
to the rough wood and he said you scream now you scream loud and Arya's like I won't like that's what she's thinking um Mm -hmm. and when he slapped her bare thighs she screamed anyway I have a question for you about that what do you think that was about did he not did he not want to hurt her so he was acting like so was he trying to tell her to scream loud so that like he didn't actually have to do anything yeah okay that's because i didn't get that at first i i thought he was being sadistic no Um, he wants he doesn't want the other he that first of all he doesn't want to lose control of the group that he's taken to the wall so he needs them to respect him and what he says but he's also trying to protect her identity like he can't he can't he can't per se like go easy on her because it'll mm-hmm. be like hey why are you showing phase of favoritism to Ex- this boy yeah. it'll raise suspicion so he's trying to protect her and i feel like he's telling her you scream now and you scream loud um so he doesn't have to he doesn't lose that cred yeah and, and, he do- and, he- and he, i don't think he really wants to hurt her but okay. when he tells her to scream loud she's like and no she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> right and that that actually that makes sense for like a trauma brain because she's not picking up on on those cues yeah right like so she's she's seeing it she's like total cord cortisol like she's not like she's not seeing things the way they are yeah. and so he's he's trying to be like you know work with me here and she thinks he's just a, a threat so right okay yeah i i actually didn't get that what uh until we just talked about that so Yeah, I think, and he says it like, maybe I got your attention now because she's kind of not, he's telling her to lay low and like, Uh she's beating the shit out of two. Like, she looks like she's been trained in a castle. Like, you're giving it away. (laughs) Like, you you just beat the shit out of these two people. And um, he tells her like, I got your attention now. Next time you take the stick to one of your brothers, you'll get twice what you give. You hear me? Now cover yourself. And Mm -hmm. she's like, they're not my brothers. But he's trying to tell you like they have to be your brothers right now until you get right, to, right. till i get you to winterfell like they got to be your right. brothers and yeah she's yeah. she's not understanding that and is he, that like isn't oh, that like isn't that like lizard brain or yeah. is, don't they call that something like she's she's just like seeing red right yeah she doesn't yeah. she doesn't i mean like like you said like she's been through all this trauma she can't process it like her her and she's a child so her right. only thing is like these people are teasing me like my father just died and he even says that like are you hurt and she's like some and he said that that pie boy's hurting worse it wasn't him as killed your father girl nor that thieving lami neither hitting them won't bring him back and she says i know but um he said here's something you don't know it wasn't supposed to happen like it did i was said to leave wagons bought and loaded and a man comes with a boy for me and a purse of coin and a message never mind who it, who it's from lord eddard's to take the black he says to me wait he'll be going with you why'd you think i was there only something went queer and the guy i think is varus and i think varus oh gave him gave him um gendry the boy that was brought to him was gendry and I okay. think it was, and I think it was from Varys because Varys knows or suspects that these bastards are going to be killed. Right. But I, so, okay. 
I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I, I'm just kind of curious. I don't get Varys's end game uh, in, in the sense of why, why save Gendry? Because wouldn't he be a threat? Wouldn't, or maybe he wouldn't be. I don't know. Would he be a threat to um, like a Blackfire king? Um, yes and no. I feel like Varys probably hoped that Gendry would remember him. Like, yeah, I'm the one that saved you. I'll uh, now, now you can be Lord of Storms then and swear your sword to Aegon. Okay. Like I feel oh, like yeah. he right I, because I, because th- that would be an open seat if right. if Varys's way gets had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Varys's path is fulfilled, yeah. Storm's End would be open and they could ha- he could put Gendry on the throne. And yeah, or you mean Gendry? I mean Gendry on Gendry on the as Lord of Storm's End. Right, right. Okay. And then supporting yeah. Aegon, which is very much so like we have, if we go back to Aegon's conquest, we have Aegon, who and Oris, and Oris, right, and Oris yeah. Baratheon, who yeah. is a who, and Oris was a bastard. Go. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there you go. So I think that was Varys's plan. I don't know if he'll be able to pull it off. I doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gantry, <laughs> still alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Arya is talking about somebody should kill Joffrey, and Yorn's like, someone will, but it won't be me or you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it won't be either one of you. Um, and he tells her, you know, to get some sour leaf that'll help with the stinging. Um, and she said it did help some, though the taste of it was foul and it made her spit look like blood. Even mm-hmm. so, she walked for the rest of the day and the day after and the day after that too, or in the day after that, too raw to sit a donkey. Hot pie was worse off. Yorn had to shift some barrels around so he could lie in the back of the wagon on some sacks of barley. And he whimpered every time the wheels hit a rock. Lonnie Greenhands <laughs> wasn't even hurt, yet he stayed as far away from Arya as he could get. Every time you look at him, he twitches, the bull told her, as she walked beside his donkey. She did not answer. It seemed safer not to talk to anyone. So she's yeah. like shut, she's like, she's like super shut down. Right. And then yeah. we get to the part where she mentions the comet. Um She's like, uh, the comet was splendid and scary all at once. The red sword, the bull named it. He claimed it looked like a sword and a blade still red hot from the forge. When Arya squinted the right way, she could see the sword too. Only it wasn't a new sword. It was ice, her father's great sword. All ripply, Valyrian steel and red was Lord Eddard's blood on the blade after Sir Illyn, the king's justice, had cut off his head. Yorn had made her look away when it happened, yet it seemed to her that the comet looked like ice must have after. So two things about that. Gendry says, it looks like a sword, the blade's still red hot from the forge. And then Arya's like, oh, it looks like ice. And we know that ice is eventually melted down into Mm -hmm. two Valyrian steel swords, which had to be reforged. So I don't know if that's like a little breadcrumb. Yeah. Is, there's also like that whole ice and fire thing that they that he just kind of like threw in there yeah right like yeah like uh so what's that about or is that just is that just fun 
I think that's just a nod to Ice okay. and Fire. But if we look at it, like we're coming, this is the first chapter after mm-hmm. the prologue. And yeah. the prologue is so much Azora High and Red Comets and Dragons Reborn and Flaming yeah. Swords and all of this. And we're coming off of that and we're seeing how other people interpret the comet. Right. So it's right because it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of George being like, maybe don't take the comment so literally. Maybe everyone, and I feel like it's saying, maybe don't take this prophecy that you just heard so literally because everyone sees what they want to see in these these things. Prophecy, there you go. comments, yeah. okay. and all of that. Yeah, because it was Stannis was uh that was like a Stannis chapter, or the prologue was yeah. Stannis, and he was talking about how this was uh or it was uh Celise, right she was she she just like literally said something like uh this is a sign that it's your time because you live on dragonstone and this is like the dragon's tale or she said something like that right yeah and then in the next chapter after this one they talk about oh this means king joffrey's okay gonna so be... he's doing a thing <laughs> yeah so he's doing a thing yeah okay yeah. He's All doing this right, thing it. where everyone that sees it interprets it in a different way. And I feel like yeah. that's how you're supposed to look at this Azora High prophecy. Like these things might not be what they seem. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, it says, when at last she slept, she dreamed of home. The King's Road wound its way past Winterfell on its way to the wall. And Yorin had promised he'd leave her there with no one any wiser about who she'd been. She yearned to see her mother again and Rob and Bran and Rickon, but it was Jon Snow she thought of most. She wished somehow they could come to the wall before Winterfell so Jon might muss up her hair and call her little sister. She'd tell him, I missed you, and he'd say it too at the very same moment and the way they always used to say things together. She would have liked that. She would have liked that better than anything. Poor baby, because she's never going to get that. (laughs) Did, did you how did you feel when you read that last line so sad <laughs> i know i know i was like yeah i, I mean i don't really want to say how sad i got so that, depressing like, yeah it was bad yeah um, because we know that it's not gonna happen and another thing is aria like the chapter where they do the winterfell wipeout aria looks at fat tom and like all the people mm-hmm. that are dead from winterfell that had vowed to protect her and she's like you you didn't protect me you lied like you you stupid liar and then like Jorn's not going to be able to protect her either and we know that oh yeah they, that. they really want to like he really wants to he has no motive to, mm-hmm. to help her other than yeah. to help her right and and you know what I, I meant to bring this up earlier because um well actually two points one about that last line and then also uh, earlier about when uh, like in the beginning of it when she was saying like uh how she was kind of keeping an eye on Yorin like when she was getting bullied like she like he was her her safety Mm -hmm. like that's just like heartbreaking like like you know what I mean like she's she is so alone that Mm -hmm. she's looking to like this man who chopped off her hair and uh her only safety is this guy that she doesn't really know that well and he's Um, a complete stranger Right, right. And then the other thing was um, with, uh, I mean, if, if we ever do get an Arya and John meet up in the next couple chapters or in the, in the last two books, like she's not, it's not going to be this way because he's going to be different 
and I mean, she and will so too. is she. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, so it's like, it's very interesting. Like, I'm very interested to see how these that dynamic. Go. Yeah. Yeah. This like, I mean, clearly, because he gave us this, I kind of feel like we're not gonna get that. <laughs> Right, you don't, like, you don't think we're gonna get it? I, no, no, I, no, no. I mean, like, we're not gonna get it this way. We're not gonna get it like an "I missed you," like this yeah. warm. Like, I feel like we're gonna get it, but it's gonna be weird uh, yeah. because they're both gonna be so different. I think one of the interesting things about John and Arya is, as the story continues, John still thinks about Arya, and mm-hmm. Arya still thinks about John. Yeah. And and John goes so far as to, you know, like with the whole uh Alice Carstark situation at the wall. Like he he goes so far like to even try to protect his sister, even though it doesn't wind up being his sister. Even right. though and even though that goes against his vows. And Arya is like the one thing she will not let the many face God have is a needle. I know. She will not let him have it. Like John you're gave killing me, this. me. This is the Winterfell. You cannot have it. So... I know you're killing me with this. Like, <laughs> yeah, like when I when uh when when Nim, you know, gave me the option of Arya or Sansa, and I was like, I'm gonna go with Arya, and I'm like, oh my god, it's this chapter. This is <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a sad fucking chapter. It's a short. Um, it's a short chapter, but it's it's so much in it. It's so much yeah. in it. So so much foreshadowing with the whole Jack and thing. Yeah. And and even with Lami Lami Greenhands and Hot Pie, which she becomes very close with them. Right. And right. and Gendry. Yeah. It's it's um have to walk the rocks to see the mountain view kind of thing. Like I, um the way it's written, I almost think it was probably one chapter. Like this was probably like the the second part of the last Arya chapter. And he just had yeah. to he just had to cut it, like split it up. Yeah, because I it would have made that yeah. chapter super long. For sure. Um, I also kind of think that this sort of is a little uh, foreshadowing or subtext to like a deeper. I mean, if we're going going to go down the trauma route, like to like the, the disassociation with yeah. I- different different identities. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that there's. I mean, it's not super obvious but if you if you wanted it's there um and the other thing is uh you know this is this is the chapter that proves that Sansa would be dead out the gate (laughs) like if Mm -hmm. if she if she somehow escaped with Arya and Yorin Yorin Mm -hmm. Yorin um Sansa would not survive this trip like at all and in, in the vice versa Arya wouldn't survive Sansa's role in King's Landing. Oh yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> she would yeah. not have survived. Like it, it, I, f- I feel like it's a tale. Uh, I always talk about a song of ice and fire being like a coming of the age tale, like telling the story of how these children come to adulthood and how they change the world and how the world changes them. And right. if you reverse the roles on any of these people, they would not have survived in the other's role. Like there's no way. Jon Snow would have survived Danny's storyline. Mm-hmm. There's no way Danny would have survived Jon Snow's. But with with Arya and Sansa, I feel like it's more compact because mm-hmm. they leave, they depart the same place, and they're coming from the same place. But and they're sisters. But there's no way Arya would have survived what Sansa did, and there's no way Sansa would have survived what Arya did. Right. Hey, just, out of curiosity, when you read her chapters, when she's 
vulnerable like this, like in this stage of the the story, mm-hmm. like, do you have like a heightened sense of anxiety? <laughs> like, because uh, like, especially like with the show, because you're watching it, like, I mean, this is like this vulnerable child. Um, and I actually think that's probably why I like the Red Wedding in the show version better than the, the, the um, than the book, because it it interweaves Arya's angsty like she's about to get to the gate like all of that like yeah the re- the show um no credit to dan and dave i don't like to ever do that but like um but like i think we I can like, give we can give them credit for when they're good i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Same. but like <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm no no thank you i, I decline <laughs> i decline <laughs> um but like um uh I think the reason why I like the the show version of the Red Wedding is because it weaves Arya's story into that back and forth. And yeah. there's that and there's this like you're watching this little girl who's been through like the fucking works with like everything. Um, like she's about to see what she wants to see, but we know that it's bad. Like we know what's coming. And so get the hell out of there, little girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's all that, but even before the red wedding, like just that part of the, her story, like she's she's at the end of the day, she's this vulnerable girl, and it's it's almost a bit uncomfortable to like watch that because it's a child, you know? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, I will say, as a whole, I feel like there is tons of character development in a clash of kings like we see it in a game of thrones yeah. but it's really bad in a clash of kings a clash of kings is a very dark book so mm-hmm. a clash of kings happens to be my second favorite book but for the story it's not a book that i reread a lot because it's, it's so it's, trauma filled it's so yeah, but it's like rough. <laughs> a feast for crows i read that shit all the time like when i need yeah. something to read i read a feast for crows Mm-hmm. yeah you gotta like hydrate with with uh clash <laughs> yeah clash is like oh clash is like the high school burn book though it's yeah like I, I know not, i know it's, it's rough. not like, for the weak heart like i i read this chapter and i was like oh like it's only six pages but it felt like so much more right and you would think like storm would probably be the worst one because right. you have the red wedding and storm yeah joffrey dying uh-huh. in storm but we don't really care about joffrey and the red wedding like it's a very emotional scene the red wedding but that's a chapter that's a scene it's nothing like clash where everything is just like building to be dark right so i like i expect i expect winds of winter to outdo clash on the darkness scale yeah yeah for sure i and it's winds of winter and dream of spring are they gonna they're taking place together, right? I like, think like like dance and a feast. Dance yeah, and feast. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Just because the more I think about like what has to be done in this story, the more mm-hmm. I understand why it's taken George like a century to finish <laughs> with the right. winter. Because right, right. if you think about it, he doesn't write like okay. Let's like look at feast. We have Sam. Mm-hmm traveling right. from the mm-hmm. wall to bravos to old town it takes the whole book the whole thing and danny and marine right so if we have yeah. danny if we have danny coming from slavers bay to right. westeros it's probably going to take a, a whole book to tell that you're story. right yeah right 
So wow. I, I don't know. I think either it's going to be three books or wins is going to be a really big book. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say other than that? There might have been one one other thing that I wanted to. I don't remember. I think that might we hit everything. Yeah, we did. But if you had anything to add, you can certainly add it. Yeah, I just I I think I hit all the things that I wanted to with that. Um, it was definitely like this is her this is her like first uh she's on her own she's you know um uh this is not an it's not a chapter that you like to read <laughs> like no um but there's a lot there that you wouldn't think is there like behind the scenes with like what you said with J- uh jack in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah yeah well so, that was aria one yeah <laughs> that was Aria. we one. did it i did <laughs> <laughs> you did it <laughs> thank you for coming on and everyone i will see you guys next week bye